0: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Powerbomb Power Hour. I am one half of the podcast tag team champions of the world, Eric Howell. I am joined by my partner from parts well known, the illustrious, the amazing, the incredible, Jason Elam. And as you can hear, we are in front of 20,000 raging Powerbomb Power Hour podcast super fans. And I swear this is not just a recording and I'm pressing a button. <coughs> Anyways, are you ready to hear the most amazing intro that you've ever heard, Jason? Nothing is new under the sun. Some things have changed, but some things have stayed the same. Back in the 90s and the early 2000s, the Monday Night Wars between the WWE and the WCW pushed sports entertainment to new heights never seen before. It was cool to be a wrestling fan again, and the competition between the two companies led to both creating some of the most iconic superstars of all time. But as we know, WCW lost that fight, and without a big-time rival, WWE had monopolized the mainstream wrestling business, and some would say became complacent and stale. Fast forward to 2019, a new promotion was formed that would enter wrestling into an exciting new era, AEW. It's 2021 now, and the wrestling war is just heating up. That was an incredible promo. Eric, that was awesome. Oh, thank you so much. I worked a whole five minutes on it. <laughs> well,
1: it it, it <laughs> seemed as if you worked at least six. Good job.
0: <laughs> okay, five and a half. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome in, everyone. Welcome to the first ever Power Bomb, Power Hour Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jason Elam, and I am here with Eric Howell. Eric, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Jason? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited about this podcast. Uh, You and I are longtime wrestling fans who have been friends for a long time but didn't know the other was a wrestling fan until recently.
0: I know, we went a whole 11 years.
1: Well, I'd love for us to explore what got us talking about wrestling again. But first, tell me, when did you first start watching professional wrestling?
0: Well, uh, take you back to around 1998. I was just a wee child, about seven years old. All my friends were wearing wrestling shirts and talking about wrestling because, you know, that was really the start of the Attitude Era. And uh, I I didn't have cable. I had one of those long antennas that you put on top of your house. So I guess it was 1998 when they decided to do the very first episode of SmackDown. And it was free on UPN. And, we, of course, we were flipping through channels, the three channels that we had. (laughs) And and SmackDown came on. And I was like, okay, Dad, we got to watch this. All my friends were talking about it. And it was just, it absolutely blew me away. Like the main event was The Undertaker and Triple H versus Stone Cold and The Rock. I mean, Ooh, it's the four, wow. the four biggest stars. And, you know, you could say probably the four biggest stars ever. Yes. It has totally hooked me in <laughs> and I just started consuming it. Like I, I was asking my friends for VHS tapes and, you know, they were giving it to me and I just caught up on like the past few years and and for, like, the next four months, because they didn't air another SmackDown. That was just the pilot. Mm. So they didn't have another SmackDown until, like, four months later. And I'm just, like, begging my dad. I was like, please, please, can we get cable? I don't care how, to, how we have to do it. You know, pick up a second job. Just please get us cable so I can watch this. <laughs> and so uh, eventually they did. And I, I don't remember the exact time I got it, but I remember it was right before Chris Jericho debuted. Oh, yeah. So do you remember the countdown that they did? And I back? do. Yes. Y2J. Yes. And he turns around, and the crowd is just going crazy, and he said, Raw is Jericho, and, it's just, and that was it for me. Like, I was a wrestling fan for life after that. Wow, awesome. Yeah. It's very cool. Who were your favorites early on? Well, my very favorite of all time has got to be Mick Foley. Ah. Because, at the, because at that time, I was like a poor, chubby kid, and Mick Foley wore the sweatpants, and he didn't look like the typical wrestler. He was overweight, but he was the toughest guy and on the whole roster, I mean, absolutely taking harder bumps than anybody, just giving everything he had to the industry. So he's going to be my my goat just for all time, Mick Foley. And but plus he's just a, a really nice guy.
1: He really seems to be. And I mean, if that's a persona that he portrays, he's really really good at it and very committed to the character. But I think it's I think it's beyond that. I think he's just a genuinely nice guy. He's constantly giving shout outs to people that don't benefit him in any way. He's constantly raising money for charities. He seems very affected when there's a tragedy in the wrestling family. He seems to deeply care about this stuff. I think the thing that I like the most about Mick Foley is he seems like a wrestling fan like me and you.
0: He watches it when he's not involved in any way. Yeah, I mean, he's Santa Claus. I mean, what else can you ask for?
1: (laughs) Right, yeah. I mean, he (laughs) idolizes Santa and becomes Santa uh, like October through December of every year. So, yeah, I'm starting to think this Mick is the real deal.
0: He actually has a Santa room in his house. I don't know if you've, if you've seen that. He has a whole room dedicated to Santa apparel, and and none of his children are allowed to go in there. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's just a super obsessed with Santa, which is really cool. And, and not to mention, he's been a big part of pushing women's wrestling forward. He's been a huge advocate for them.
1: He really and, is.
0: And, you know, which I am too, but— yeah, I just think right now women's wrestling is the best that it's ever been, yes. and it's nice that somebody is sticking up for them because WWE is surely not. Absolutely. Uh, who do you? Th- who are some of your favorite women
1: wrestlers right now?
0: I love Charlotte Flair. Like, really? okay, <laughs> a lot Great. of people. You know, that's not a lot of people's first choice, but yeah. you look how she wrestles. I think she's maybe the best that's ever been.
1: Ooh, like, she's such
0: an athlete. I think she could take on anybody. Like some of the moves she can do, and even her promos are good. I'm sure she gets a lot of that from her dad, and she grew up in it. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's hard for her because everyone compares her to her dad, but I think she's just as good as her dad was.
1: Yeah, I I think so, too. I think she's actually more athletic than Rick was. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) But she she is the best female pure athlete in wrestling, in -hmm. my opinion. But I think Thunder Rosa in AEW is just an incredible wrestler who is underrated in a lot of ways right now. But, you know, they had a big match on AEW a couple of months ago, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker before Britt took the championship. And Rosa came out the victor in that match, but she kind of has gotten lost in the shuffle since Britt took the title. I think they're going to come back around and have a uh, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker two at some point. But uh, I think that's going to be really, really interesting because I think Thunder Rose is just one of the most exciting women's wrestlers that there is. But I'm also a huge Becky
0: Lynch fan. Oh, yeah. I love Becky Lynch. She's probably the best promo of all the ladies. Yes. And since she's come back and
1: is working, um, you know, on the dark side right now, uh, it's <laughs> it's letting a part of her uh, personality out that we didn't get to see before, which obviously makes it really interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, we're talking about Charlotte Flair and I mentioned her being the best pound for pound athlete in the women's division of cross wrestling right now. But my goodness, Bianca Belair is incredible. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, she's just got all the personality.
1: <laughs> she really does, but she's uh, she's incredibly strong. Did you see her lifting, um, was it Sasha and Becky at the
0: same time yes. the other night on SmackDown? She's got the power of Samson with her long hair. <laughs> Don't cut her hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned um, Thunder Rosa. That's when I first really realized that AEW is going to be a huge thing because she was the opening match, and the pop was one of the loudest pops I've ever heard the crowd just went absolutely crazy. And I'm like from God, just from bottom to top of the card, everyone is over. Like they love everybody in AEW. They really do. And it it seems to have spread beyond AEW, right?
1: Because you watched the GCW show last night. There was a Thunder Rosa pop on that show as well. And and she was awesome. I mean, the the hurricane ran out to the floor, I really thought she was going to smack her head on that concrete floor. Uh, she was incredible.
0: Yeah, she is incredibly talented. I'm really, I, I I love Britt Baker, too. Oh, I do, too. You know, if I needed some, you know, work done on my teeth, I would definitely go to her.
1: Yes. Head to Orlando, Dr. Yeah. Britt Baker. <laughs> I looked her up on Google. She is a practicing
0: dentist. I did, too. <laughs> you know, I wonder if she has fans coming to her. Like, that would be a little bit awkward. Like, you got, you Surely know, they just got. she does, right? She's got her hands in someone's mouth and she's like, oh, I love you. She's like, <laughs> Somebody pulls out
1: their camera, takes a selfie of her giving them the mandible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, but I'm looking forward to that Brit, that Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match. I think that's going to be huge, and I love the fact that yes. AEW can give women the main event.
1: Oh, I do too, and they do it on a regular basis. It's not like a special, one time only kind of thing like WWE seems to use it as.
0: But I, I love I love all the WWE women, and I just feel like they aren't showcased enough. Like. You know, SmackDown's going to have a, a two-and-a-half-hour show this Friday. Right. And, and 30 saw, minutes
1: of which will be right up against Rampage.
0: Yes. Well, I saw a comment. was like, oh, are the women going to get a three-minute match instead of a two-minute match this week? <laughs> oh. And it's yeah. true. Like, I just don't think they're used well. No,
1: I agree they're not. And they, they tend to be used as, like, spice that is added without much thought to the SmackDown broadcast. But... This Friday night, it's Sasha versus Becky, and I do believe that will be given more time because Becky is one of the most trusted people in that company right now.
0: Yeah, I really hope so because I feel like the women right now are better than the men in WWE, and I just feel like they need more time.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I've really been disappointed that we haven't had a second women-only pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think it was Impact. They had an all-women pay-per-view last night yes
1: they did um, I did not get to see it but I heard really great things from friends on Twitter about that event and I'm looking forward to catching up on it I did hear that the uh, the ladies formerly known as the iconics in WWE will be making their impact
0: debut at bound for
1: glory as the inspiration
0: yep that was another case of WWE not knowing what they had there was a lot of disappointed fans and uh I you know I'm one of them so I'm excited to see them in impact and see where how far they can go but uh what about you? Well, what,
1: what if, how did you get into wrestling? Um, it's a very similar story to yours. It, it involved VHS tapes uh, back in the day. Uh, I, it was about a decade earlier than yours because I'm an old man. I'm the old <laughs> man of this podcast. But it was in the lead up to WrestleMania three, And Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant was afoot. And a friend of mine across the street, he was younger than me, but he had cable and I did not. And he watched, uh, he recorded WrestleMania 3 on a VHS tape from pay per view, slid me the tape, said, you gotta watch this match. It's so cool. I watched from the beginning of the event and saw some incredible matches. I mean, from the very beginning, there was, uh, the Tom Zink and Rick Martell versus, uh, what, what was it? Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine. Um, and then Hulk Hogan and Andre was the main event. But before that was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the Macho Man Randy Savage. And that solidified, I mean, from the very first show that I watched, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was my favorite wrestler. And today, he is still my favorite wrestler of all time. The way he mixes martial arts, he had the athletics, he had the flexibility and agility. He was an incredible worker. He probably still would be. And Savage and Steamboat had such an incredible chemistry. I just loved that match. I loved, uh, they, sh- they showed several clips in the lead up to that match and I was just hooked. And, uh, you know, watching him win, watching Steamboat win the Intercontinental Championship on that tape is really what hooked me on professional wrestling. I was just a WWF fan for many, many years. I didn't want to venture outside. I didn't want to watch the NWA or the UWF or any of those other companies uh, for a while. But at some point, my appetite for wrestling became more than WWF could fulfill. And so I did explore those other companies and realized there was this whole world of professional wrestling outside of WWF, which just deepened my love for the industry even more.
0: Well, thank God for VHS tapes, right? (laughs) That's right. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, I watched a little bit of WCW. WCW just wasn't as exciting for me. I watched some of it, but at that point, I think the NWO had been going on for like four years, and it was kind of stale already. So Yeah,
1: right. (laughs) So, I I
0: miss a lot of the WCW stuff.
1: WCW was fun for me, especially in the lead-up to the NWO, and then the first year of the NWO. But after the first year, it kind of became just repetitive. You knew what was going to happen. You knew somebody was going to turn on somebody else. And the same, you know, four or five guys were going to be the same four or five guys in the main events the following year. You know, it just became very predictable and very stale. And when they started calling out the the spoilers for the WWE shows, oh, yeah. I thought that that was really uh, low class and... Did not appreciate that, especially, and I know they've since made up for it. I think Tony Schiavone is one of the greatest people involved in wrestling. But when he called out the Mick Foley title, oh, man, yes. because it had been pre-recorded, he called out, he said, this is what's going to happen. You don't need to change the channels. Uh, and he said, made a comment like, that'll put butts in the seats, you know, being sarcastic about Mick Foley winning the championship. Um, it actually offended me for. WWE and for Mick Foley and uh, really soured me on WCW. Well,
0: that was a huge mistake <laughs> on WCW's part because people tuned in. They're like, oh, really? Is this, is he really going to win? And that was kind of right, the turning of point. That was the turning yes. point for the Monday Night Wars. They're so like, oh, wow. And then Mick Foley became the guy. And, he sure and did. I think it, I don't know if that was what ended the WCW winning the ratings streak, but it was around that time.
1: It was, Yeah. Now, do you, let me ask you this, because we've been talking about Mick Foley on and off throughout this conversation. So, do you think that Mick Foley ever aligns in AEW? D- does he fit into what they're doing in AEW? Would it make sense for them to bring him on board in some capacity?
0: You know, I don't know. Like, I just don't think he will. Like, He is such a, a WWE guy right now. And I, don't, I really don't think it makes sense for him to go to AEW. Especially right now, with they have such a full roster and so many stars, like they barely have time for the people that they have. And that's why they, I guess that's why they do these huge, like six man, eight man tags because they're just trying to fit everybody in.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Every match is a tag match all night long. So if it was up to me, like Mick would just stay where he's
1: at. Yeah. I would love to see him on AEW. I think he's really excited about the AEW product. He talks a lot about it on Twitter, but. I agree with you that I think he'd get lost in the shuffle, and I think he deserves better than that.
0: Oh, completely. And every week you hear a new rumor. It's, it kind of reminds me of back in the WCW days. Every week you hear a rumor, okay, who's which WWE's guys are going to sign with with AEW this week? And at this point, I'm like, let's just build the guys we have, especially some of the AEW, like the like the lower card guys who, are, who aren't stars yet. I would like to see them built up more, Like like Jungle Boy. I think Jungle Boy is going to be huge. Yes. If they can just give him a little more airtime. Yes, absolutely. And he's an incredible wrestler. And I think they are giving him more
1: airtime right now. They're they're I think they're very conscious of the fact that he's one of the pillars to build on. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's literally on the four pillars AEW t shirt. <laughs> so I think they're they're well aware. Um and they're gonna give him the time that he needs to develop. I, I love the way that Tony Khan and whoever is the booking committee, if such a thing exists in AEW. I love the way that they are using the CM Punk's and the Brian Danielson's to build up these other guys that have been pillars of their company from the beginning.
0: Oh yeah, totally. And if you look at the matches that they're having, and of course CM Punk's going to win, but he knows exactly how to make his opponent look good. He knows how to make the younger guy come off of the loss and still look amazing. Of course. Yeah. That match with Punk and Hobbs absolutely did not hurt Hobbs in any way. And I think built him up just because he was in the ring with CM Punk. Yeah. It kind of solidified him as, yeah, he can do singles wrestling now and he can, he can do it really well. All right.
1: So Mick Foley is your favorite of all time. Who's your favorite in the current scene of wrestling?
0: Oh, that's so, that's so tough because (laughs) I could probably name 10 people in each one of the promotions (laughs) because it's like, it was like back in the attitude days, like everybody's over. Yes. Like, everybody's a huge hit with the fans, so it's hard to pick just one. If I had to pick somebody, it's like, okay, they're going to put this guy in the main event, and I'm definitely going to watch it. It's probably going to be Kenny Omega, because the guy can just wrestle. He knows exactly how to put a match together. You can tell how much thought he puts into every single little detail of the match. And the guy's just hilarious. He knows how to play off botches, and he's all about long-term storytelling. And he's got to be my pick for right now. But it'll probably change next week, but this week it's going to be Kenny Omega.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. All right, very good. Who do you want to see Kenny Omega face that he hasn't faced thus far?
0: And I don't I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but I would absolutely love to see him fight AJ Styles. You know, right now he's in WWE, so it's, it may not happen ever, but you know, with their history of the Bullet Club over in Japan, it would just be an incredible match. Uh, but Something that can happen and is probably will happen is uh, Hangman, Adam Page. That's going to be uh, an amazing Hangman, match because yeah. they have a long history, you know, with Adam Page's fall and now he's rising back up. And I just think it's going to go down as one of the greatest storytellings in AEW so far.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I'm so impressed with Tony Khan again because I think there had to be a temptation. When you signed CM Punk... And when you sign Brian Danielson and whoever else they have, maybe Bray Wyatt's coming, maybe he's not, I don't know. But when you sign these big name guys and you get the attention that AEW is getting right now, I think the temptation is to put the title or all the emphasis on one of those big name guys, and they may do that down the road. But they they didn't sweep that storyline of uh, Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega under the rug. They brought it back. I did love the little rib. Did you see when uh, Page came out as the Joker in the casino ladder match the other night? <laughs> they had over his name on the screen, Hangman Page... Finally showed up to work. <laughs> <laughs> had, just made, had just been laying out. You know, I, I believe his wife had a baby. I think that's the actual yeah. story. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, she did. <laughs> Finally no, showed up that. to work. That's amazing. <laughs> it was great. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I love that AEW is doing these long storylines because WWE has just kind of forgotten how to do that. They'll have one big match, one big pay per view. They'll build up to it for a month, and then let's kind of forget about it. On to the next thing. Right. And I love that AEW is bringing back that long time storytelling back into wrestling. Well, I think that's the beauty
1: of the three months between pay per views. They've got a longer time to tell story before you have that big blow off match. And they can continue storylines even between pay per views, which I love. You know, that I mean, Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson's not over.
0: And I, I kind of wondered how they're going to incorporate Brian Dan- Danielson into all that. It kind of seems like
1: Danielson's just going to go through all, the entire elite roster. And then come back around to Kenny Omega. But maybe not. Maybe he'll win the world title eliminator tournament that they announced this week on uh, Rampage. Who knows? That's the fun part. I don't know which <laughs> way they're going to go.
0: I know. You know, with WWE, it's kind of, it's kind of predictable. It but is. I really yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Because they just have a different way of doing things. And, right. and also, there's more at stake for AEW. Like with WWE, you know, they're a billion-dollar company. They don't really care about pay-per-views because they're not actually selling them because it's on Peacock. Like, you look at Extreme Rules. That had to be the worst pay-per-view I've ever seen. Yeah, it was bad. And they're just not putting any effort. They're not putting any effort into it. And if Vince McMahon keeps halfway doing all these things, it's not going to be very long until AEW sneaks up behind them and takes the top. Yeah, I agree. And I think that
1: that we're a lot closer to that happening than maybe most people realize. But at the same time, Vince is getting pressure from Fox to make SmackDown the best show that it can be. USA has um, not been happy being the B show, Monday Night Raw being the B show uh, for WWE. And I think they're getting pressure from that side as well. And so I think pressure makes Vince better. I also think it makes Vince um, at least give things a second thought. He's been so impulsive over the years. If something feels good to him, he does it. So I think that he's probably having to give everything a second thought right now. It re- I mean, the SmackDown roster, if you look at the draft and how it all played out, the SmackDown roster looks a lot like a Paul Heyman-designed roster. Yes, it does. And you know, Paul Heyman was in charge of SmackDown uh, for a while, and then they took it away from him. And so if they're putting it back in his hands, which I'm not sure they are, but it kind of looks that way from the outside. If they are, then I think that's a hopeful sign for the future of SmackDown.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I think Paul Heyman is an evil genius. <laughs> I think I, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. And I think if anyone can turn WWE around, it's, it's going to be Paul Heyman. I, I'll be honest, I don't watch Raw or SmackDown all the way through sometimes because it's just so boring. It really is. Yeah. The three-hour Raw is too long anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, especially when over half the show is storylines and, and bad acting. They need to get back to, you know, two hours. Two hours is great. Especially with the size of their roster, you know, two hours is fine for me. But my 10 year old son loves WWE.
1: He gets angry every time I mention AEW. Really? Uh, And he gets angry every time a WWE guy shows up in AEW.
0: (laughs) I, Uh,
1: I I see a lot of that. He's offended for Vince and the company, Um, but he's 10, you know, and WWE has been recently way more geared towards children. Now I think they're trying to bring Mm -hmm. back the attitude era, but you can't really bring back the attitude era unless you tame it down for a season first and then start crossing some of those lines. Uh, I know Seth Rollins said, on social media recently, that they were now allowed to say <laughs> shit again on television. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and so it seems like they're going to start pushing some of those boundaries. It almost seemed like, you know, there's been talk for years that Disney was in discussions to buy the WWE when Vince got ready to hand it off. Um, and it almost seemed like they had watered down the product enough to make it a family-friendly, uh, Disney-esque, Uh, creation. But they have definitely crossed that border here recently and things are getting more serious and more PG-13 and maybe even a little more on the uh, the R side than they have been in a long time, which in my book makes it more exciting and more fun.
0: Well, it's kind of a weird predicament for them because if you look at the ratings, they've lost millions over the Mm -hmm. past few years, but it seems like they're making more money because they're getting these bigger sponsors that will are more likely to be okay with 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 wrestling because there's none of the blood and none of the cursing and none of the you know the bra and panties matches. <laughs> right. So yeah. The the ratings are some of the worst they've ever been ever. Yes. But they're making really good money. Yep. So it's like, what do we do? Well, and I think part of that is they were putting a lot of money
1: into house shows, which you know were non televised events, and they they would lose money on a lot of those. And they're not having to do those anymore. So the company is being a lot more careful. They've cut, what, over a 100 people in the last couple of years? Yeah. And so, you know, they're, they're saving a lot of money in that regard. They got the huge Peacock deal. They got the Fox deal. So we'll see what happens. I mean, we're heading into a very exciting era to be a wrestling fan. You and I were talking before we hit the record button today. It's okay to come out of the closet as a wrestling fan again. It's yes. becoming cool. Again. And so uh, I'm I'm excited about this next era of wrestling. And I love the way Tony Khan uses that forbidden door. He just brings people in and out from other promotions. I would love to see uh, some kind of a door between WWE and AEW, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't think Vince would let it.
0: Yeah, other than all the misused stars going to AEW. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is kind of the forbidden door at this point, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like Adam Cole. Like, I mean, he is going to be one of the biggest stars in AEW. Yeah,
1: I don't know how they let that happen. I mean, how do you lose Adam Cole?
0: I mean, dude, when he comes out and with his entrance and everybody is just doing the whole bay bay and all that. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like somebody in i I I'm sorry, and WWE NXT
1: really dropped the ball. He was the face of that brand. Yep. And then he shows up on AEW uh, at the pay-per-view. Now, of course, <laughs> Britt Baker was a factor, his girlfriend. Yeah, uh, was a helps. factor that in helps. getting him to AEW. So there there was an ace in the hole for AEW on that one.
0: Yeah, and and I could watch the Panama Sunrise. I could watch that move. Every night. That's just the best finisher.
1: It's really good. It, it, it's just so exciting. It's it's such a great time to be a wrestling fan. I'm I'm so excited. I think that's what's gonna set this podcast apart, Eric. Is it is legitimately we, we don't have any inside knowledge. We we hear things on social media like everybody else, but this is a pro wrestling podcast. From pro wrestling fans for pro wrestling fans. And uh, I'm excited about this next era of professional wrestling.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, You know, when you see Tony Khan walk out and you just see the joy in his eyes, he just looks like a little kid just excited about wrestling. And it's contagious and it makes me feel excited about wrestling. And because of that, with AEW growing, it's going to make WWE better. I really feel like it's about to be the best time ever to be a wrestling fan. And with this podcast, I hope that we can not only entertain you, make you laugh, but I also hope that we can talk about some serious topics. You know that maybe some of the other podcasts won't talk about. You know, we we may get some heat for some of these topics, but but I think it's important subjects that need to be talked about. That's not being talked about. Absolutely. Do you want to talk about any of those specific topics that you're thinking about taking on? Yeah, of course. I think one of the first things that we want to try to tackle is mental health issues in the wrestling business you're hearing more and more wrestlers come out and say, hey, I've battled with depression, anxiety. I've been dealing with these mental health issues. And and there's been a stigma around that, that you have to be macho. You have to be tough. You know, we're here to fight. We're not here to talk about our feelings. And we're going to try to do an episode about mental health and how it affects them and what can be done about it. I would love to talk also about
1: the unionization of wrestling. Former presidential candidate Andrew Yang um, has been talking on social media and to the Department of Labor about how WWE wrestlers are being classified as independent contractors and, and robbed of benefits and bargaining power and how they need to be classified as employees rather than independent contractors. And uh, I think that's going to be a huge issue coming up the next couple of years in WWE and probably beyond.
0: You know, we may see that sooner than later, because if it's going to hurt Vince's pocketbook, then, you know. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And what happens if Tony Khan does it first?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, you, it's already a better place to work. I mean, you can tell everyone that works at AEW is happy to be there. Yes. They're excited to be there.
1: That's right. And, and you know, I think they would say that even if they weren't, because that's where they're getting paid right now. But there was a little clip this week that hit social media in which some of the ECW originals came out to the ring in Philadelphia Tony Khan brought him out and wanted them to have an opportunity to say some things to that Philly crowd where ECW thrived for so long. And Taz got on the microphone and said, I don't give an F. Um, I don't care who says it. This is the best place I've ever worked. And at the same time, he's, he's saying AEW is better than ECW. But Taz worked for WWE for a long time. And he's saying AEW is better than WWE as far as a place to work. And you know, Taz, I don't think, is one of the I don't think he's one of the people who's best utilized in AEW, but he's happy and they're taking care of him. And if they're taking care of the whole roster that way, that's why it's becoming destination, uh, place to work for wrestlers around the world.
0: Oh yeah. And Taz is not the kind of guy that's gonna, you know, go out there and give you a bunch of BS. <laughs> that is correct.
1: <laughs> Cause he really doesn't care what you think in the first place. <laughs> no. All right. I know we're about out of time for this introductory episode, Eric, uh, but this has been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to where this podcast is going to take us. And I'm so excited about the future of professional wrestling for so long. It's been sports entertainment and sports entertainment uh, definitely has its moments. Every WrestleMania it's going to get the focus, but I am so excited that professional wrestling is back and we get to be a part of it with this podcast.
0: And that's the bottom line. (laughs) (laughs) Because the podcast doctor said so. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll see you next time.
1: Looking forward to it.
0: See ya.